We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. A very special edition as the Chicago Bears have made a coaching hire. Not officially yet, but the reports are that they're going to hire Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus after a three-week search. Got down to three candidates and Jim Caldwell and Dan Quinn and Eberflus, and they finally have their guy as Ryan Poles will make the hire here. We're going to break all this down, potential offensive coordinators, what it means for the Chicago Bears, and what's next on this Bear Report podcast episode. Before we do that, though, let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, uh, we recorded on Tuesday night about the Ryan Poles um, hire. And now, two days later, we have a coach for the Chicago Bears. It's about time, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's about time. I mean, it, well, I shouldn't say it's about time. I'm just glad. That, I'm glad this entire situation's over with because, you know, it's like you get through that first week and you're like, all right, cool, you know, and then it drags in the second week. I mean, it was, what was it, 15 days? It was 15 days from the hire of Ryan Poles, and then you add another two days onto that. So it was 17 days in total. Yep. Um, but what was crazy to me is, is that there was it, like the two first hires of the entire head coaching cycle, 17 days into the process, happened to be the Denver Broncos early this morning with Nathaniel Hackett. And then the Bears with Matt Eberflus. And it's just it's just crazy because, I mean, they're still the only two teams out of nine teams to have head coaches hired right now. It just seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, and, you know, looking at the Bears search, I mean, they interviewed a bunch of candidates, um, pretty much narrowed it down to three. I thought they were going to actually expand it maybe or there was a chance it would expand it. But, you know, Poles was pretty confident in – the three finals they had, he talked to each one of them um, within the past two days. And, you know, we got the news here on Thursday, but you're right. There's a bunch of head coaching jobs still open. And now as we're recording this, I mean, I think it was pretty much an hour or two ago. Um, looks like Josh McDaniels might be interviewing or is going to interview in Las Vegas. 
So things are kind of moving quickly. And, you know, maybe Byron Leftwich isn't a lock to Jacksonville. Maybe um, Brian Dable isn't a lock to the New York Giants. Seems like some other teams are kind of taking their time here. Um, and whether, whether it's the Bears and Broncos, as you said, picked their candidates today. And you know what's funny is if, if you would have asked me yesterday, if you would have asked me to put down money on two teams in the entire, you know, of all these nine teams, if, you know, basically put down money on, you know, two teams out of these nine teams to, you know, basically one of them was going to end up with Dan Quinn, the bears and the Broncos are who I would have guessed. And what's crazy is neither one of them ended up with Dan Quinn and Dan Quinn is actually going to go back to Dallas for, for the year. And then basically retry his luck again. And it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I, you know, like obviously the Ryan pulsing happens, you know, we kind of have an idea you know, going into it in terms of like, you know, he, he makes the hire and then all of a sudden Dan Quinn and uh, uh, Jim Caldwell are announced as the two other quote unquote finalists. But then you're thinking, well, how can they be finalists if they just got a GM in place, even though they'd done interviews with 10 other head coaching candidates? And then Jim Caldwell ends up being there the day that that polls gets hired. And you're thinking, oh, God, they're going to they're just they're not even going to try to hide this. They're just going to force this right out of the gate. And then obviously we got into yesterday and Matt Eberflus was first. He did the, basically the morning portion of the interview morning, early afternoon portion of the interview. And then Dan Quinn was there. Then they announced the interviews and you're thinking, okay, well maybe none of these guys are the one. And then this morning, you know, you started seeing kind of like, you know, reports. I can't remember who it was. It was somebody, I I saw it and I retweeted it. Um, I want to say it was on ESPN radio this morning. I and don't, I, I, I don't know. I think it's cap and J hood are on in the mornings. Right. Is that right? I um, believe ESPN so. 1000? Yeah. yeah I'm so. In the Chicago. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chicago. Afternoon. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was them in the morning and they, one of them tweeted out basically something about, it was Diana, uh, Rossini from yeah. yeah Diane or Diana I can't remember uh but yeah so she, from ESPN said the Bears are going to have their head coach soon and you're thinking okay well I guess they're going with Dan Quinn because there was no there was absolutely no hype yesterday around Matt Eberflus like Eberflus was their first their first finalist but there was really it was kind of like okay Matt Eberflus was coming in but Dan Quinn's got the nightcap like you know if they're going to make a hire then it's going to be Dan Quinn right and it's just crazy how you know, like when you go back and you look at, at, at the process, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Ryan Poles was named as the first finalist. Like he was the first finalist that was named. And then obviously Elliot Wolf and Monty Austin Fort followed shortly after that. Um, and then, you know, the same thing with Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus was named as a finalist before they even had a GM finalist. And I think a lot of us were kind of wondering, he was supposed to be a finalist in interview on Monday. Obviously, you know, with everything that happened, uh, you know, with their other interviews, because they had Omar Khan and uh, Morocco Brown on Monday, and then they pushed uh, they pushed Eberflus back to Wednesday. And at the time, you're thinking, what the hell are they doing? But as we kind of saw the process play out and see how it all kind of worked out, it was very clear that whether it was the Bears, the organization themselves, or even if it was Ryan Poles, they wanted to move decently quickly on the head coach. They said, okay, We've done the background on 10 guys. I would have to assume, and this is what Jeff and the Bears blog had reported, that the the three finalists that they had in, in terms of candidates, those were on Ryan Pohl's list. It does not sound like these were forced. It does not sound like this was a prearranged marriage. Obviously, we'll have to see 
how that, you know, ends up turning out in a few years when information starts leaking, if this thing goes bad or, you know, if it goes good, whatever it is. I mean, we'll find out eventually, but it does not feel like this was a situation where Bill Pullian said, all right, these are your three head coaching candidates, you know, that you get to choose from. Uh, so if you want to take the job, then this is the job and you have to pick one of these three guys. I don't think that's the case. I think he could have expanded out the list if he wanted to, but like he pointed out, man, there's so much, uh, uncertainty around the league right now. Right. I mean, again, Nathaniel Hackett was the first hire this morning. And then obviously we saw what happened with Eberflus, but you've got Brian Dable and Brian Flores, what looks like in a knockdown drag out fight for that job in, in New York with the giants. And then you've got Miami that's kind of lingering in the background, like, okay, you know, like we really want Brian Dable, but I guess we're just going to kind of wait this out. Like they're clearly in an offensive mind. And then everybody else is kind of, you're just kind of trying to figure out like what's going on because only four of the nine teams are even in on second, you know, the, the second wave of interviews, like they're into their finalists. The other of these teams that are still looking for head coaches are not that far along. And then you start looking at Jacksonville and it's like, Byron Leftwich makes all the sense in the world for multiple reasons, but then there's talk there that maybe Leftwich doesn't want to work with Trent Balky, the GM. So are they going to fire Trent Balky, bring in a new, you know, basically pair a new GM with Byron Leftwich? There's just there's so much going on to where, yes, I, I, I won't lie, I would have rather have seen them interview a few more guys. But at the same time, I also kind of understand why they didn't, because the thing is, you know, Eberflus was a was a finalist in Jacksonville as well. And there was some talk that he was actually going to get a second interview. The same thing with Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett was actually supposed to fly to Jacksonville today to do a second interview. And Denver's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, you're not leaving. And they, you know, they ended up getting him under contract. And there was talk that Eberflus was going to be the same thing. So it's kind of one of those, you knew that Jacksonville wanted Byron Leftwich and you knew that that was their target. But at the same time, if you can't agree on money or if you can't agree on power structure, maybe you pivot. So I, I think really what this came down to is I don't think the Bears and Ryan Poles really were comfortable enough to say, okay, maybe I want to talk to a few more guys. I'm pretty sure Matt Eberflus is my guy, but I want to talk to a few more guys. I don't think they were comfortable enough doing that. I think they basically said, we've done our research. We've got the background. Eberflus had, you know, had relationships with all these guys. Like, you know, it was basically, you know, it was just kind of a now or never situation and that's who they, they went with. Now, again, we'll have to see how it all works out, but I don't think I particularly blame them in the situation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the other thing to kind of note is a few weeks ago when you and I were talking, I think we both kind of said it or at least hinted at it that 
this was a good year to need a head coach in terms of at the time, not a lot of teams needing a head coach, but I also think we agreed like this wasn't the strongest crop of head coach candidates. I mean, let's go back, let's say September, October, and you look at the candidates that a lot of people thought were going to get jobs this offseason. It was Brian Dable, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore. As it stands right now, Kellen Moore is going back to Dallas unless something crazy happens. He's going to stay in Dallas. Brian Dable hasn't been hired just yet. Byron Leftwich looks like, as you said, probably doesn't really have a plan in place for his staff and might be scaring the Jaguars into hiring him for, for that reason. So it's like, you know, there just wasn't a lot of good candidates. I don't know how good of a candidate Matt Eberflus is as a head coach. Um, you know, Dan Quinn had the experience. Todd Bowles had the experience. Brian Flores had the experience. But, you know, it just overall wasn't a good crop of candidates to have, um, you know, this offseason. Aside, I guess, you know, Josh McDaniels. But even then, I mean, he's not even guaranteed to get a job. He's only got the one interview that we know of. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, I, I didn't really think that Daniel Hackett would get a job. I thought he'd be in consideration for some. I didn't think he'd fully get one. So, yeah, it's been kind of a weird coaching carousel. And I don't know, maybe you know more or can remember more. It feels like at, at this stage in the offseason, you know, two, three weeks out, we would have had in the past at least a couple more um, head coaching hirings um, than we have this year. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm making that up, but doesn't it feel like we should have had at least a little more? Oh no, you're not making it up at all. I mean, there's there's usually a decent amount of teams that have their coaches hired in the second week. So anywhere from what day, basically day eight through day fourteen, is where a lot a bulk of those hires come, and then you usually get the rest of this week. It's very rare that you ever see the hiring process drag into the week before the Super Bowl or the week of the Super Bowl, unless they're obviously waiting on one of those candidates. And I don't think that's going to be the case because Eric Bieniemy only interviewed with Denver and obviously Denver, you know, filled their position. Yeah, no, this is just, and it's funny because I remember it was like a week or two before the off season started. I remember uh, it was some, it was one of the insiders, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter. It was somebody, maybe even Jay Glazer. Somebody said, expect this hiring cycle for both GM and head coach to drag out a little bit this year. And I don't, I can't even remember what the reasoning was. And I remember thinking, why? No, it's not going to drag out. It didn't make any sense. And here we are into week or week, sorry, uh, day 17 since, you know, since the end of the season. And yeah, I mean, it really has drug out and it's, it's crazy because, you know, like you start looking around the league and again, a lot of these teams, like, just to give you an idea, like Miami just now named their three quote unquote finalists and they're not even going to start interviewing until Monday. I mean, we're, we're doing this podcast on a Thursday, so they're not even going to start their process until Monday. You got the Raiders who it looks like by all accounts, it looks like they're basically, they're trying to pair Josh McDaniels with Dave Ziegler um, and go the Patriot way. Now, what I will say about that is I actually think that's a really damn good combination. I'm not, I've, I've always been scared off by the whole Patriot way thing, but Ziegler is actually not really a Patriots guy. And I think Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels was my number one target. I, I know that he was never really going to be in consideration. I think if he get, if he actually takes a job, he's going to be a really damn good head coach. And I thought he fit really well with the bears and what Justin Fields would do. But outside of that, it's like, you start looking at some of these other teams, Minnesota doesn't have any finalists. They're basically, they're going into this. They've already said that they're, 
essentially going to restart their entire head coaching search with their new general manager. You start looking at some of these other spots. There's, there's just not a lot of, you know, outside of Jacksonville, I, I, I do think Byron left, which is still going to end up there because I mean, let's be honest, man, they're, they're, they're grasping at straws. They keep trying to bring in guys for second interviews. Dan Campbell told them, no, not Dan Campbell, sorry. Uh, Dan Quinn told them, thanks, but no thanks. Like I'm not even going to interview with you guys. They've had a few other guys in for interviews. I think they're bringing in Vic Fangio, although it's unclear whether that's for a head coaching uh, interview or a defensive coordinator interview, which again, that that's a whole different ball game. So it's like, I mean, but really there are two other finalists were Nathaniel Hackett and Matt Eberflus. They both have jobs now. So, I mean, you, you would have to think that that's, that Jacksonville is probably solidified with Byron Leftwich. But yeah, you start looking at some of these other jobs and it's just kind of, there's so much up in the air right now. I would have to assume, because I think that Leslie Frazier is the final finalist for the Giants tomorrow you would have to assume that the Giants are going to have a head coach before the end of the weekend. And I, I think it's going to come down between Brian Flores and Brian Dable. Uh, I think if it's Brian Flores, I think Brian Dable gets a job in Miami. I think if it's Brian Dable in, in, in New York, I don't know that Brian Flores is going to get a job this year, man. And that's kind of crazy because he was also somebody, as soon as he broke free, it's like this guy just automatically jumps to the top of the list. And I know a lot of people look at his overall record and they say, why you know, why would you give this guy the benefit of the doubt, blah, 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 blah. And I don't think you should give him full control of a team like you would, you know, like a Jim Harbaugh or what the Raiders did with John Gruden a few years ago. I don't agree with that, but I do think that he is one of the better candidates out there. So again, like you start in Houston, what the hell is Houston going to do? They're, they're, it's like the Gerard totally Mayo. Forgot about yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Gerard Mayo, that he was like the guy that, you know, everybody was assuming that he was going to get the job over there. There's been some talk that, that basically his representation said, stay the hell away from there. Don't, don't go anywhere. So what is it going to be? It's either going to be uh, uh, Gannon, uh, Jonathan Gannon, who's got, I, I do. That's one that that's one candidate. I have not understood this entire cycle. And it's, it's crazy. It went from like this mediocre uh, product in, in Philadelphia this year. I know they made the playoffs but their defense was not good at all. And this guy has been a coordinator for one year. The bears actually interviewed him this last year for their coordinator defensive coordinator position before they hired Sean Desai. It's like this dude's a one-year defensive coordinator with a very mediocre product. He gets like three or four interviews and all of a sudden it goes from, you know, you're kind of wondering like, why is this guy the thing? And then all of a sudden everybody's, Oh, this guy's Brandon Staley 2.0. So it's like, you've got him in Houston and then Josh McCown, who's never coached anything past high school. And he only coached high school for like a year or two before the bears poached him uh, back in, what was that like 2013? So it's like, it's like you, you got Houston and I don't think you can't even really count Houston because nobody wants to go to Houston because Houston's a massive joke right now. It's just, the whole situation is so strange, but I think you really nailed it. I, I just don't think this is a good head coaching, you know, at least on paper. Again, I, I guess we should kind of, you know, preface that and say on paper, this head coaching pool, this candidacy pool is just not a very good one. And now we just kind of have to hope that the bears made the right decision with Matt Eberflus. Well, let's talk about that. Um, obviously, Matty Rafloos is a defensive-minded head coach. He was a defensive coordinator in Indianapolis the past, you know, four seasons. And prior to that, I mean, he got his start, uh, I believe it was in Toledo, um, working with that program for a while, went to Missouri before he kind of really got his, you know, start in the NFL. And before joining the Colts, he was with, um, I believe it was Cleveland and Dallas, 
And when he got to the Colts, man, I mean, he made an, an immediate impact. Like they weren't very good on that defense. They were 30th in points allowed per game, 30th in total yards allowed per game on defense. And he flipped that around right away. You know, his first year there, they were eighth in points allowed per game. And I believe they were just outside the top 10 in yards allowed per game. And they've kind of hovered around those marks since. And, you know, I look at that Colts defense and Darius Leonard is a star, one of the best linebackers in the game. You look around, though, and it's not like they have superstars at all these positions. They have really good players at positions. And, you know, I mean, honestly, looking at their defensive back situation, it wasn't very good this year. And he still found a way to, to, to make them one of the um, league leaders, I believe, forced takeaways. And um, I want to say points as well. They were around the top 10. So he did a pretty good job. And I'm just curious to see how that's going to translate over to Chicago. Now, the thing we have to talk about here is he's probably going to run a 4-3 defense. He's probably going to go back to that Tampa 2 base. And that's something we've seen in Chicago during the Lovey Smith era when he was gone and they brought in um, John Fox and Ryan Pace and then they had Vic Fangio here. They, they ran 3-4, totally different defense. Um, but now we're going to kind of go back to it. And when I look at this roster, man, I was like, okay, well, you know, they have some nice pieces. You know, a guy maybe like Eddie Jackson can kind of benefit from having a defensive-minded head coach. Jalen Johnson could probably benefit from it. I'm pretty damn excited about Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn having their hand in the ground um, in this defense and then shifting, you know, um, Eddie Goldman to more of that traditional nose tackle. And I think if they bring back Bilal Nichols, he might be a better fit than, and than what people, you know, some people might think. I'm kind of excited, especially on the defensive side of the football for this. My only issue, and I think this is, you can agree with this, I think a lot of people agree with this, is the offensive coordinator. They have to hit on the offensive coordinator right now is where's the sound. This is the most important thing for them because they have a quarterback in Justin Fields. So they need to develop. They need to get better on offense. And when you bring in a defensive minded guy, that spotlight immediately turns to the offensive coordinator and who they're going to hire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, you know, kind of starting off with Matt Eberflus and his, you know, it, it's interesting because originally when this process started, like I obviously I know who Matt Eberflus is and I knew who he was before the head coaching cycle, but I wasn't aware that he was already in his early 50s. And then it's like you start kind of looking at his background and you're like, because that's the thing I think a lot of people kind of forget is that back in 2018, when the Bears hired Matt Nagy, you know, we, we, we talk about teams that waited until the Super Bowl or after to make a hire. That was the Indianapolis Colts with Josh McDaniels. And I'm sure everybody remembers that whole situation and how he bailed. The one hire that he did make was Matt Eberflus. And Chris Ballard was actually such a big fan of Eberflus, a guy that basically came out of nowhere. He was a linebackers coach with the Dallas Cowboys, came out of nowhere. Everybody's kind of like, who the hell is this guy? Chris Ballard was such a big fan of this guy that – when Frank Reich took the job, he said, you got to keep this defensive coordinator. 
And he took this, this Colts defense that was absolutely awful into one of the better and more consistent units over the last four years in football. So that, that part's good. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think the bears defense is going to suffer because of it. And obviously, you know, we also have to keep in mind just because a defensive minded or an offensive minded head coach comes in, doesn't, you know, automatically make, you know, that, that unit that great, or that means that, you know, his unit is going to be that great because as we've seen with Matt Nagy, that's not always the case. I have very minimal concerns defensively. Um, I, I think when you when you look at how this defense is going to look, very likely going to be a 4-3. I think there's a few things to kind of note on that. One of them is the fact that a base package defense in today's NFL is used about 30, 35% of the time. So I think, you know, obviously it's kind of worth keeping in mind. You're going to have to make some personnel changes, but I think a lot of what they do defensively is going to stay stay pretty similar, I think, for the most part, especially with what they're asking from defensive backs. They're going to play a lot, you know, a lot of the same, uh, you know, two safeties, um, you know, two safeties back. There's a, there won't be a lot of single high looks, which is going to be good. You're going to get a pretty solid mix of zone and man, obviously a little bit more zone heavy. I don't think that's going to be an issue for Jalen Johnson. But I think when you start working towards the front seven is where you're going to see some changes. Now, one of the biggest questions that they're going to have to solve, and I'm sure Matt Eberflus has got a plan for this, is where do you want Roquan Smith? Because do you want Roquan Smith as your mic? Because usually, especially in his defense, you want your mic to be a bigger linebacker. Roquan Smith, by every standard, is a smaller linebacker in the league. So do you want him as the mic, or do you want to use him like you use Darius Leonard and have him as the will? And if that's the case, either way, dude, you got one of the better linebackers in the league he'll make it work. I think Roquan Smith is going to play fantastic under him in this defense, you know, but again, outside of that, you don't have any other linebackers. So that's going to be a big focus where you're going to have to kind of start really f- sitting down and figuring out what they want to do. Now I know Anthony Walker is, is a guy that people have already kind of highlighted as maybe a, a solid free agent pickup where he's not a great linebacker by any means, but he fits the scheme really well. And he's done really good things with Matt Eberflus. Maybe he's a guy that you can get on a contract for a decent amount, but I mean, you go from having, you know, two linebackers that you need to adding another linebacker that you're going to at least need to have on the field, you know, 35, 40% of the time. Um, you know, Danny Trevathan's probably gone at this point. Um, Alec Ogletree's a free agent really wasn't that good in all reality. Like th- there's a lot to figure out there, but then you start looking at the defensive front. Now there's some positives and negatives. Obviously Robert Quinn is a much better true four, three defensive end, a guy that basically plays, you know, p- plays a seven technique. The, the guy that, you know, just sits there and he has his hand on the ground. That's great. I don't think there'll be any issue there. I'm not remotely worried about Khalil Mack. And let's be honest, man. I mean, both of these guys are over the age of 30 and they have huge cap hits. Like this is probably going to be 2022 will probably be the last year that we see both of these guys on the bears roster. But then you start looking at the interior uh, Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent. Bilal, Nicks, uh, Bil- uh, Bilal Nichols is going to be a free agent as well. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Eddie Goldman. Cause I, I, there's no way in hell I'm paying Eddie Goldman $11 million to do what he did last year. Um, and I don't honestly know that he's going to be that good of a fit as a one gap nose tackle in a four, three front. And that's kind of the thing. Maybe, you know, I think Bilal Nichols can actually be a really good one gap uh, three tech. I, I, I think that he's somebody that you can kind of, you know, if, if you can get him, 
under contract for, you know, a decent deal. Maybe he's somebody that makes sense. Uh, I think Mario Edwards Jr. is going to play better in this type of front. Uh, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do with Angelo Blackson. He's kind of that tweener in this type of front where maybe he's big enough um, to play a nose tackle spot. And then obviously you have Kyrus Tonga, but you've definitely got some pieces that you're going to have to get figured out. And that's not even counting the offensive side of the ball. Speaking of the offensive side of the ball, that's going to be the big thing that I think everybody's going to have their eye on over the next few weeks. Again, I don't think either one of us thought this was a great head coaching pool, but I, I, I won't lie. I'm a little shocked when you look at their overall interview list and some of the names that were out there. I'm a little shocked that they didn't put a little bit bigger of an effort in going after an offensive minded guy, whether that's Brian Dable, uh, you know, Byron Leftwich, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, they didn't even bring in Kellen Moore, which I'm fine with, but I mean, you can just kind of go through and look at some of the offensive names, uh, you know, th- that would have made sense. Kevin O'Connell's another guy and they didn't they didn't interview half those guys. So it's now the onus is going to be on Matt Eberflus to build a good, I think he's going to have no issues defensively you know, with the defensive staff, but you look at the offensive staff and at least, at least when you look at the surface level ties that he has, he doesn't have very many in terms of the coaching staff. So I think that this is where you look at the pairing of Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus, and you say these are both athletes first guys with Trace uh, with Trace Armstrong. You're going to have to lean heavy on agent connections to be able to get the offensive side of the ball right. But I think that's something that everybody's going to be looking for because as we've seen with, with the Bears, Anytime they go a defensive-minded head coach, it seems like the offense suffers, and that's something that they cannot afford to do, especially when you're trying to develop a guy like Justin Fields going in year two. That has to be the priority moving forward. Yeah, and that's historically been the case. I mean, Wanstat, Teron, Lovey Smith. I mean, it's just every time they've gone to the defense, the offensive-minded, the offense has kind of struggled. But then the flip side is they've gone offense with Mark Tressman and, and Matt Nagy, and the offense has really struggled. So I hope you're right. And really, you know, I mean, we're only what six, seven hours since these news has broken. Um, there's not been, you know, many names tied uh, to either Fluth on the offensive side of the ball with coordinator. I, I believe Ian Rappaport tweeted out uh, Kevin Patulo, who is the Eagles pass game coordinator. Um, he's the name to watch for the new OC. Um, I'm seeing, you know, you look at guys like Pep Hamilton's name has been thrown out by some Bears fans on Twitter. Um, Joe Brady, Mike Kafka, guys like that. Um, yeah, Albert well, I Breer. I think it's worth noting too. Albert Breer said that, and again, he's been a little off uh, with the Bears, but he did say that he expects them to go after a Shanahan tree offensive coordinator but again what the hell does that even mean like most of these guys in some way shape or form have come from a shanahan offense yeah and i believe that would be you know someone like um 49ers offensive coordinator mike mcdaniel who is kind of the hot name right now that's going around for his uh personality and his awesome mike jones video clip that he did um but yeah i mean i don't know man it's gonna be interesting to see and you know we said it when we recorded uh, the polls interview the other day that it's the offensive coordinator is going to be very, very important for this team. And everything's going to rely on that because you have to develop Justin Fields and you don't have a lot of talent on offense right now. I mean, you look at this roster next year, they have David Montgomery, they have Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney, and pretty much Cole Komet, Justin Fields as your offensive playmakers. They need a couple more wide receivers. 
It's not likely Allen Robinson's coming back. There's some options in the free agent market, but for me, I wouldn't be surprised if next year they started and they said, or next season, they just said, okay, we're going to try and run the football and win with our defense while getting Justin Fields comfortable and sort of developing him and then going all in again, you know, 2023, um, potentially, you know, bringing in some weapons. I don't know if that's the right formula to follow, um, but I, I could kind of see it happening because, you know, a good defense and a good run game does help a rookie quarterback. It's just kind of weird because like we finally have what we think is could be a superstar quarterback for the bears and it might, you know, his development progression might be taking a step back. I don't know. I'm not trying to get, ahead of myself on this, but, you know, and not saying it's going to happen, but it's just something to keep in mind. So yeah, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, in the end, man, this is defensive hire. I don't think any of us should have been surprised because this is what George told us. This is exactly what he said. Word for word pretty much was that they want a, a guy who's a leader, you know, strong personality, those type of traits. So when they can win over those lot, the locker room and Honestly, looking at Irafus, I think he's got a lot of respect of the of former players, of current players that are with the Colts, and he pretty much fit their mold. He just doesn't have the head coaching experience that you know someone like Jim Caldwell or, or Dan Quinn had. So we'll we'll just have to see, I guess. Well, and I'm fine. I'm personally fine with them going with the first time, you know, uh, first time head coach. I have no issue with that. I actually prefer that, especially when you're comparing that. To, and here's the thing, man, like. With Jim Caldwell, dude, if Jim Caldwell was 52 years old, I would have very, very minimal issue with bringing him in as the Bears head coach. Because, I mean, historically speaking, Jim Caldwell is a good head coach. But the problem is, is there's so many factors with a guy like with a guy like Caldwell. He's 67. He's had health issues. The last time that he was in the NFL was 2019. Couldn't finish out the season because of health issues. You know, it's like, so he really hasn't, really hasn't been in the league in almost three years. So, you know, and it'll be interesting to see because I know that the Bears do like him and I know that, you know, that there is a relationship with Ryan Poles there. Maybe he comes in as like a, you know, like a quarterback's coach and whatever else. I don't know. I'd put him as an offensive coordinator, but there's a lot of interesting names. You know, and I, I know that you just brought up the whole, you know, run, run the ball and play defense. I think the Bears would be absolutely foolish to even try to attempt that. Like you've got a young quarterback that has superstar potential, big play potential, was one of the better deep ball throwers in the league this year as a rookie with a terrible offense. Like you need to, at very minimum, you need to at least sign another, you know, like another, you know, basically sign like a B-level receiver, like a, um, I don't know, like a DJ Chark or something like that, and then draft one in the second or third round. And then sure up that offensive line, like the offensive line needs to be a big focus. And I think it will, but I think at very minimum, you need to add a few mid-level pieces and fix the offensive line. But I mean, again, man, this kind of like looking, I mean, and, and I'm kind of reading this and just keep in mind, like this is uh, Adam Hobes. Uh, he just put in an article of like, you know, potential uh, offensive coordinators. You got Mike Kafka, which you mentioned the issue that I have with Kafka one is I don't really think that the Andy Reid offense is that great of a match for Justin Fields because Andy, you know, Andy Reid offense is more of it's a West coast style, get the ball out quick. Um, you know, and I don't really think that's, that's not really Justin Fields game. Um, and Kafka has never called plays. Kevin O'Connell is another one, although he's got a few head coaching interviews. I think, I guess the only one he has left right now, I think is, I think they just called him in Houston. Um, for, for an interview. Um, but 
he's somebody that again though he hasn't called plays like he's from you know it, obviously he's under Sean McVay right now but he's not calling plays um Clint Kubiak's actually a name that I think a lot of people have overlooked um Gary one of one of Gary Kubiak's sons uh, offensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings this last year I think he could make a lot of sense he also comes from you know Shanahan principles as well uh, Mike McDaniel which you already mentioned which again McDaniel could make sense if he's looking for that promotion and he wants to be able to call plays but once again he's never called plays either Pep Hamilton you've mentioned as well I think the big issue with Pep Hamilton is just the fact that he's never really been that successful of a play calling offensive coordinator he's done really good things as a quarterback coach uh, but there's obviously some questions there. And then the Patulo guy that you mentioned, Kevin Patulo, I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I understand the tie because he was, he was in Indianapolis um, with Nick Sirianni and obviously with uh, you know, with Matt Eberflus as well. But I mean, he's not even the offensive coordinator there um, and he's not calling play. And that's kind of the thing. Like you look at a lot of these names and that's where it makes you a little, uh, you know, a little uncomfortable because you start. There's not a home run hitter. There's, there's not the home run name. There's not a home run there, and there's also not a lot of guys that have called plays. So, and that's kind of the issue, though, with going with some of these offensive, you know, with these with a defensive-minded coach. Is now you kind of have to figure out that balance because, again, in my personal opinion, the Bears' quickest way to success, and we've seen this play out a few times this year, um, you know, is they have to get Justin Fields to that next level. Justin Fields has to become a top 10 quarterback, if not better in order for the bears friend. Like, let's just put it this way, dude, if Justin Fields busts, I'm telling you right now, Maddie Reflues is going to be out. And I don't even think Ryan Pace is uh, Ryan Pace. Ryan Poles is going to be safe. Like, like the, even though they didn't draft him, they still owe it to themselves and this organization to make sure that Justin Fields works. And if he doesn't work, then it's just because he wasn't the guy. Like, I just, and, and again, I'm not saying that they're not going to, I'm not trying to put panic. I, again, I don't even mind the hire. I really don't like, I'm pretty apathetic overall. Like, like Eberflus was in my top five, but again, you know, we've kind of said this a few times, like the head coaching pool as a whole really wasn't that, you know, wasn't that great. Uh, I don't think this is a bad hire at all, but I think one of the things that is going to either make this a bad hire or a good hire when we look back on this a few years from now is going to be what he does with the offensive staff. And it's not just about the offensive coordinator, man, because you have to, if you get, if you get the right offensive coordinator, you have to understand that he's going to be here a year, maybe two before he gets a head coaching opportunity somewhere. So you have to have somebody, a quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, whatever the hell you want to call it. You have to have somebody waiting in the wings. That's going to be able to take over and the best coaches can identify that talent and they can develop that talent in terms of coaching talent and they can continually do it over and over. And I think that is going to be an uphill battle because he is a defensive coach. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying I don't expect him to do it. I'm just saying that there are inherent risks with going with the defensive minded head coach. Uh, what I will say is this, I've talked to a few different people um, that know Matt Eberflus and that know, you know, kind of who he is and where he came from. There is absolutely zero concern from anybody I've talked to. And these aren't even people within, you know, that, that are related to the bears. There is zero concern from any of those people that he's going to have issues filling out a coaching staff that he's going to be able to get the right guys. Like, I, I, I think that most people assume that he's just like, you know, mo most people that know him just assume that he served his dues. Like he, he has worked his way up from being a positional coach, you know, going back from college into the NFL and having being a defensive coordinator these last few years. Like he's a very detail oriented guy. He's always got a plan. Like, 
again, and it's all talk at this point, but everybody I've talked to so far has zero concern that he's going to be able to fill out the coaching staff. But again, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it because we've been fooled into this. I don't know how many times, uh, but again, man, it's, I, I cannot stress this enough. Justin Fields has to be the focus. He is the key to your future. He is the key to any, any playoff success that you're going to have any success of winning the division, any hope of winning the Super Bowl. We just watched the playoffs this last weekend, man. We saw Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go toe to toe in this crazy battle where they scored 18 points in less than two minutes to get the game in overtime. That is the type of talent that you have in Justin Fields as a quarterback, but you absolutely have to have the right guy to develop it. And the last thing that I will say on this in terms of the offensive staff is remember this Brian Dable was not some hot, sexy hire coming in to Buffalo. You know, he, he just wasn't like he came from Alabama and there weren't a lot of people who thought overly highly of the hire. Now I'm not saying they badmouth the hire. I'm just saying there weren't a lot of people like, Oh my God, like this guy is going to take Josh Allen and turn him into a superstar quarterback. And I think the other thing to keep in mind here is that Josh Allen was one of the Ross quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time that has been drafted that high come out of the first round. The talent was there. The elite talent level has always been there, but the development was very key. So just remember that just because it's a name that maybe we're not thinking of or that we're not familiar with or that we don't think whatever, uh, you know, Brian Dable was one of those guys too. So just because something looks like something on the surface doesn't mean that's the way it's going to turn out. But again, man, it's so vastly important to get this offensive staff right. It's just, it, it, I mean, really Matt Eberflew's entire Bears career is going to count on what he's able to do filling out this offensive coaching staff, in my opinion. I'm with you. I agree. And it's going to be the most important thing for him right away. And I hope he finds the right guy. Like you said, there's no home runs, no sexy names out there right now, but that doesn't mean that they can't, there isn't good offensive coordinators. These guys come from nowhere all the time. I hope the bears get that. And I hope Justin Fields is a superstar quarterback. So we'll just have to wait and see. I think the next couple of days here are going to be interesting with, you know, filling out the coaching staff and, Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams. I think we'll have some names by the time we record um, on Tuesday. If not, maybe some hints or some leads to them, which will uh, which will be nice. But unless you had anything else, Aaron, that pretty much wraps it up for us tonight. Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, we're going to be right back here on Tuesday doing the same yep. thing. So we'll have plenty of time to kind of uh, absorb all this craziness that's gone on this week and, and get back at it next week. For sure, yeah. Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. You can follow the Bear Report. Well, that's we made it a whole episode without my son uh, saying anything. He just uh, just said something there. So um, yeah, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at zack underscore Pearson. As always, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those good ones. Uh, It really helps out the site. And until next time, everyone, we'll see you for a new episode. Please stay safe. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.